The greatest gifts of Christmas will take great courage to open. Welcome, men, to Recourage, a program dedicated to recouraging manhood as we let our God pierce through our fear and strengthen our faith. I'm your host, Scott Bryant, the director of Journey Up Ministries and lead climber for my amazing family. Thank you for joining me today on this dangerous but eternally satisfying journey up. Yes, it will take great courage to open the great gifts of Christmas. The greatest gift would be God's Son. We know that, right, men? And yet, have we ever thought about the fact that if you take the gift of God's grace that we have demonstrated in the giving of His Son to us, God's grace requires us being willing to be drenched with our culture's disgrace. And what I find very fascinating and very sad is that we live in a time right now where there is a form of godliness that is denying the power of true grace that is being dished up across our country. And if we're not careful, it will seduce us in to a, a opening a gift called grace that never results in disgrace. One of the things that I can tell is that we are, as we raise our children, as we talk around the, the dinner table tonight, it's knowing that uh, we live in a time where uh, our social media really allows culture to speak pretty personally into your life pretty quick. You can put a blurb up, a, a thought, a picture, and all of a sudden you've got your culture able to, to breathe right down your throat and tell you exactly what you should, what they think. And what I'm realizing is that we are raising children in our, in our, in our churches today that if they're not careful, they will be very easily misled and influenced to try to do everything in a manner that would never be disgraced by culture when our Jesus was massively disgraced. In fact, he wasn't able to make the gift of grace possible to us without going through a journey of disgrace himself. The question is, are you and I courageous enough to experience disgrace for the sake of grace? I fear that we're not. I look into my life and I realize, man, I've gotten really soft. When I read uh, you know, magazines from uh, ministries like Voice of the Martyrs or places that really help spotlight the persecution of uh, Christian believers across the country, it really reminds me, man, my, my hands have lost some calluses. My, my uh, ability to really suffer for my faith has really uh, been uh, been brought down. I, I look at scriptures like Hebrews chapter eleven, and I I see this godly man named Moses, and who's being held up with a faith of courage. And I I look at what he was able to do, and I ask the question: Would I? Would I be willing to do this? This is what Moses did. Hebrews eleven verse twenty four. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Did you hear this godly, courageous man? Moses, here he was. He had entrance into experiencing the finest that Egypt had to offer. He could enjoy those pleasures of sin for a short time. And like he, I mean, he had all the money of Egypt. He could have done everything. And yet he chose. It didn't just happen to him. He chose to be mistreated 
with the people of God and experienced disgrace for the sake of Christ. He, he was willing to experience disgrace to embrace grace. Are you, am I, willing to do that? And the answer is, yeah, on some days when everything is working in my favor, you know, Christianity works sometimes, you know, it can be a, it can be pragmatically the right thing to do in the moment. It yields a result that uh, makes sense in business, you know, or in my family. But did you know that Christianity is right, irregardless of whether it brings disgrace or not? And if, if you have embraced a grace that is not resulting in disgrace in your world, something might be wrong. Philippians chapter 3 tells me Paul is saying, he's, here he is, another godly, courageous man saying, whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. And he goes on to describe his, his passion to take this, this call. And he describes it there in verse 14 that he's pressing on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called him heavenward in Christ Jesus. I love the, the metaphor going on there, heavenward. It's the journey up. He's saying, I've got the courage. I, even the things I look back on, my, my heritage, my pedigree, all these things that worked for my prophet, Paul was willing to trade it all in and to say, no, I, I would give all that away. I would consider it as trash, as rubbish for the sake of knowing Christ. You see, when you meet grace, you're willing to experience disgrace to embrace it. That is when you know you've, you've met true grace because now your, your destiny is not destruction. Your God is not your stomach. Your, your glory is not in your shame, like Paul says there in Philippians. Your mind is not on earthly things because now you've, you've taken your attention and you've put it heavenward. It's, you're looking up now. You're looking past the pain, past the disgrace, and you're willing to endure it. I, I look at the generation today and I, I, I fear that we are not setting an example in our church, in our home, that would say, yes, following in the steps of Jesus is going to bring disgrace and suffering into your life. If you're truly walking in the steps of Christ, you will suffer. That is not a message that is held up in many churches because it, it kind of limits church growth, at least numerically. If you, if you talk too much about that, it might cause people to go somewhere else. And, and the reality is there's plenty of places to go. One of the things I find so fascinating is how the health and wealth gospel has just permeated the church. Now, there are some places that it's like so obvious, okay? I think we all know there are some... Uh, TV evangelists that, you know, just from the moment they take the stage, they're, the very way they talk and the very things they say, it, it just, we know, okay, yes, you've embraced a, a form of godliness that is a health and wealth gospel. Sometimes, though, it's, it's easy to see that, but it's not so easy to, to notice that when it slips in under the radar. When, and really, and just as we preach a gospel that never highlights suffering that never highlights disgrace as a glorious thing to experience 
if you embrace the grace of God. Instead, we, we are told to embrace a grace that, that is good and loving and is going to open up heights of just a tremendous joy in our life. And, and I would encourage you to be very, very careful because we have uh, just a, a huge influx of false teaching coming into our churches that sounds so good. The Bible tells us it's a form of godliness, but it's denying the power of grace that says sin is sin. Truth is truth. Grace comes in and acknowledges that. And it says you're going to have to be willing to really say, like John Piper says, you know, when, if you want to see churches that maybe have embraced a, a form of, of godliness that is more toward the health and wealth gospel direction, look for, and you'll notice, there's an absence of any serious doctrine of the biblical necessity or the normalcy of suffering. There'll be an absence of the doctrine of suffering. Instead, you'll see there's this doctrine of affluence, and you'll see words like blessed and abundance, and God has, He desires for you to be a victorious and a conqueror. And yes, that's all very true, but oftentimes those words have been hijacked by what we would like them to become. We love the idea of earthly victory, of winning at work, of being victorious in business, of being liked on our social media feeds. But did you know that our Jesus was victorious and the way he was defined as a victor was he was crucified. He was willing to endure disgrace to offer you and me grace. Our Jesus experienced disgrace. Men throughout the Old Testament, women throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, where we see they had the faith to be disgraced for grace. Do you and I? I believe that it's time, men, for men to step up and say, you know, I'm willing to, to stop experiencing Stop choosing to enjoy the pleasures of Egypt, the pleasures of sin for a short time, and instead I'm going to choose to suffer along with the people of God because I've set my eyes on heaven. I, I'm wanting to have a, a form of godliness that does not deny the power I don't want to come into the Christmas season and enjoy some great gifts under the tree and miss the greatest gift because I didn't want grace at the expense of disgrace. That is where the, the turning point is going to happen in the church, where you'll begin to see this, this sad trend of, of generational unfaithfulness with every generation that's coming up. Whenever we begin to preach a gospel that says, no, love is only happens, love only wins when God's absolute truth meets his amazing grace, that place where truth meets grace. And what we know is that it's going to take courage. Men, I want you to think about right now, where is that place for you? Where is that place in your home where you're going, man, I don't know if I'd have the courage to embrace grace at the expense of this. And I can tell you that there'll be a cost that you'll be asked to pay. It may not be right now. It might have already happened in your past and you, and you said yes, and maybe you said no. Wherever you are on the journey, the reality is your Jesus looks at you knowing that you have the potential of Peter. You have the potential to disgrace him 
to disown him, to deny him, and he still loves you. He still loves you knowing you will. There's not a one of us today listening to this podcast that has the ability to say to our Jesus, Jesus, I will never disgrace you. I will never disown you. Do you know your Jesus is looking down at us right now and he loves us so much, but he knows we will disown him in a thought here, in a word there, in a conversation there, in a decision there, and yet your Jesus paid the ultimate price of being disgraced to give you the very grace that you will need to journey up. That's what makes the holiday season holy. That's what makes this next year exciting is that we don't have to wonder, okay, am I going to be man enough? Am I going to make enough? Am I going to, to do enough to, to be considered a man? As you know, you live in a world, in fact, it's, it's so sad that a lot of times the very men that are held up in our culture, in our Christian culture as ones that we should esteem to are the very ones that have disgraced their Jesus with how they have made decisions in their home life, in their heart life, how they've chosen not to honor their covenant to their, their wife, to their children, to God's church. It's popular right now to embrace a form of godliness that says, I don't need to suffer. I don't need disgrace. I just need grace. This Christmas, I would encourage you, open up the gift of God's grace and allow it to come pouring into your life to where you'd be so encaptured by being one with Jesus, wanting to know him so deeply that even as it brings disgrace from your world, maybe disgrace from your family, disgrace from your coworkers when they learn that you aren't just hopping on the, the cultural bandwagon that says every form of sexuality is, is fine if it feels good to you. For us to say, no, sexual sin, whether it's homosexual sin or heterosexual sin, if God calls it sin, it'll, I want to take that seriously or it will seriously take me. And men, I know today as we come into the, the, this Christmas season that you're being told by the digital world around you that if you'll just purchase that image, if you'll just purchase that video, that experience, if you'll just indulge in just a, a few of the pleasures of Egypt for just a short while, that that is worth selling off all the joys of heaven or putting it off. You can, maybe you'll get heaven later, but right now earth has something you want. You need to know that, that we're being duped left and right. Godly men are falling left and right because there's this lie put before us that says you can scoop the coals of sin, the, the coals, these little fiery coals that, man, they're hot at first, but ouch, you know, you touch them at first. Oh man, that hurt. But you know what? If you hold on to that coal long enough, <laughs> uh, all of a sudden it, it no longer hurts. And you think, sweet, you know, it, it's not hurting me. But you look down and you realize, no, it's not hurting you because it's killed off all the sensitivity in your skin. And now it's piercing down into your, your joints and into your flesh and it's creating more infection. But you've gotten used to it. And men, I know that the ever-increasing wickedness of our time is telling us, it's giving us a message that it's possible to be a godly man and enjoy amazing grace and yet disgrace your Jesus by what you say, by what you do, by what you're doing in private when no one's watching, that we, would, that we can disgrace our Jesus because he's graced us with his grace. 
But I can tell you, He wants you and I to embrace a grace that is real, to where we would no longer disgrace Him, but be willing to be disgraced ourselves in the eyes of our world. Moses did it. Peter did it. Paul did it. Our Jesus did it. And there are godly men and women across our world who are doing it as well. But I can tell you here in the good old United States of America, it's not the norm. We've embraced a form of godliness that we need to change. And we've got God's grace right there to help us do it. Men, I appreciate you taking the time to tune in from your busy holiday season and to, to journey with me. We, I encourage you, take this path of holiness. It is worth it. Thank you for joining me today. I pray you've been encouraged. I pray you've been re-encouraged to journey up by faith in your heart and home today.